What is the most insidious sin? What's the sin that is most deeply hidden in darkness? There's an argument that it's greed. Uh, put it this way, by and large, lusters know when they are lusting, haters know when they are hating, the greedy don't feel greedy. I mean, we think, I need it, I've earned it, I'm entitled to it, everyone else has one. And in a consumer society, when everyone is doing the same, it can be really hard to notice this endemic greed. Our standard of living is rising like the temperature in a pot, and we are all the proverbial frog being slowly cooked alive. The wonder of it is, we just don't notice that it's happening. That's the insidious nature of greed. In Luke chapter 12, verse 13, Jesus is interrupted by a member of the crowd who shouts out, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I guess this guy figures that the judge of the world would prove a, a, a good arbitrator in this matter. But Jesus is just not interested in the case. He doesn't take it on his, his case book, his, his file. Um, that should really give us pause for thought, shouldn't it? How often do we petition Jesus regarding our own private gain? And how often would Jesus respond to us with effectively the same reply? Verse 14, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Jesus is not interested to hear this compensation claim. He's far more concerned that we hear his warnings. So in verse 15, he says, Watch out, all of you. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And as we listen to that, we nod sagely and we think, Oh, so true, Jesus. And we start to think of all the other people who need to hear these words from Jesus. Perhaps I'll get the sermon of that and I'll email it to my friends. You know, other people need to hear about greed. But Jesus says, No, 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 no. watch out. Watch out, all of you. This one man raised the issue and Jesus says to everybody, watch out. And to drive home the point, Jesus tells this story from verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Here is the atmosphere of this man's life. Upgrade, upscale, upmarket, upwardly mobile. It's the direction of his life and it's the direction of our lives in the West, isn't it? Our phone contract expires, and what do we do? Do we upgrade or downgrade? We sell our old car. What's, what's the next purchase, bigger or smaller? We leave behind the crummy neighborhood. Where do we look next, upscale or downscale? Of course, upscale, right? What else? What else? Well, this man wheeled and dealed and planned beautifully for the medium term. His eyes were fixed on the early retirement, the yacht, the Caribbean island, the, the, the villa in Tuscany, and plenty of golf. Yet on the very eve of retirement, the plug is pulled and he faces the one who has held his life in his hands the whole time. And instead of a golden handshake and a pat on the back, the final verdict on this man's life is, you fool, you fool. 
Those words must have come as a complete shock to him. It was probably the first time he had ever heard that assessment of his life. On Earth, all he ever heard was praise from people who just thought he was the bee's knees, or else jealousy from people. We would look on his life with envy. That same envy that took him to hell. But God sees it with crystal clarity. He says, you fool. That's the true verdict. The story was prompted by a man's dispute with his brother. The man wants Jesus to arbitrate in a small claims court. But at the end of this story, we hear about a much bigger court of judgment and a far more important verdict. It's that verdict that should shape our lives. How will we see Jesus then? Do we see him just as this small claims solicitor who who can help us to get a bit more? Or is he our only defense in the court that really matters? How will we see God? Is he just an endless dispenser of financial blessings? Or is he the one who holds our very life in his hands? How will we see our life? Is it an upscaling journey towards ease and safety? Or is it the opportunity to pursue another kind of riches, richness towards God? Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life is not found in an abundance of things. Life is in a person, Christ. And if you have Him, you don't need all that stuff.